Thank you. Oh, wow. What a privilege to be here. I hear all these great things that Jinha and Roy are doing. And it's really great to come and visit with you and just enjoy some time outside Lilydale Church because it gets a bit, bit hectic. We've got two services of a morning. And by the time we've preached twice and have something in the afternoon, we're all sort of going, ugh. Um, but it's a great part of the world to belong to. I actually live in Berwick, so it's a bit of a trip to go all the way over to Lilydale all the time, but it's really great. I chose the subject of the Holy Spirit um, for one, well, probably two reasons. We were doing this series at church um, about, because Darren picks these series and he just throws subjects at us and we have to obey and do it because he's a senior pastor and that's what you do, right? But the thing about that, the Holy Spirit is it's become a real personal friend to me as a pastor. Um, there's probably something that you can't see about me by just looking at me. You can see my shape and my hair colour and my eye colour and stuff, but there's something about me that you can't see. And that is every time I get up to speak, I'm nervous as all heck, right? So I am so, so <laughs> nervous in front of new people. I'm nervous to preach. But the only way I can do that is if the Holy Spirit takes over and does something on my behalf. And I made a deal when I went off to college. It was kind of one of those things, because um, I went to college as an older student. <laughs> so I've been out now for 20-something, I don't know, lots of years. Get old, don't worry about it. But uh, when I went to college, it was a new thing for girls to be going to college. And um, I was kind of shy, and I made a deal with God. I said, you know what? I will go to college and become a minister, but I want to be... Um, a pastoral counsellor. I don't really want to preach sermons. And I think God laughs so hard when we start to make deals with him. And so um, my first sermon, has anybody been to college church? My first sermon as a nervous little student was at college church. Um, And so I think God was really testing my resolve to say, you know, do you really mean that, that you really don't want to preach? Um, and the other reason is that in our, in our Christian walk, sometimes the Holy Spirit is the least thing on our mind. I don't know about you, but when we pray, we don't kind of, it's not very inclusive of him as a presence. And yet it's integral to the, the whole part of our Christian life from the moment we're convicted and need a saviour to our our becoming a Christian, becoming more likable and being full of the Holy Spirit, to our spiritual gifting that we serve others with. So it's really a big part of our Christian life here on the planet because he's with us. Jesus has gone back to heaven. He's with us all the time. And yet sometimes we don't talk about that a whole lot. So I want to talk to you about the work of the Holy Spirit because I want to convict you that I want you to plug into that and um, not everybody's activated in the church, and I, I think every Christian should be activated and motivated to do new and exciting things that challenge them and scare them. Is that a big enough challenge for you this morning? This afternoon? Sorry, I'm used to preaching in the morning. You'll have to just... So a big challenge for the afternoon, right? That I want to see you change today if you are a bit sedentary as a Christian to suddenly get up and really want to do something exciting. Is that a good challenge? All right, let's talk about the first job of the Holy Spirit. 
So the Holy Spirit comes alongside us and convicts. If you talk to most people on the street, and I know many of you do, they won't, they'll say, I'm a good person. Um, I, I don't think I need anybody. They almost, a badge of honour is, a, I'm not a believer, I don't need that kind of crutch. Have you heard those kinds of comments from people who, who just on the street, I'm a good person. I'm not perfect, but I'm not as bad as some of those others, right? So they see um, the need for a saviour kind of on a, on a temperature gauge. I'm really hot, or I'm, but I'm not as bad as some, right? So that's the thing. So a lot of people don't really know that they even need a saviour. So that they think, you know, I'm okay, I'm all good. And sometimes it takes a disaster or something really life-shattering to get them to kind of realise that they do need a saviour. And so we have that thing. So he comes along and he convicts. So if you have a look at my beautiful um, plastic... Look, I didn't bring the crystal out. I'm very sorry about that. But um, if you have a look, this is my glass and I will put that beside the jug. So the Holy Spirit is represented... Um, in the water in this jug but as you can see it comes along it's not invited in the Holy Spirit is a gentleman he will come alongside and convict people and if we turn in our Bibles with your electronicness or however you want to do it um, let's have a little look in John 14 to start with Are you there yet? (laughs) In verse 17, here's the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't even recognize him. But you know him because he lives within you and now he will be in, not now but later. So he's talking about the Holy Spirit coming um, later on in Acts when it will fill people up because when Jesus walked alongside his disciples he partnered alongside and he became their friend and their helper just being with Jesus would have convicted you to behave yourself and and know that you need a savior wouldn't you can you imagine walking around with Jesus the disciples they would have had a fairly good experience about you know walking around seeing his behavior the way he reacts the fact that he doesn't get tired and angry and frustrated he has compassion for everybody so he was a helper to get them to see their need for a savior and then he said i'm going to go away and you can imagine the shock and the horror of the disciples when he said that Uh, the interesting part when he says um i'm going to send somebody like me the greek word he uses there's a couple of things you can you can you can have two greek words for like or in a comparison one says you're going to get something that's totally different i'm going to get we get something the same so he says he uses a word that means the same so he says i'm going to send someone the same as me so that they're not going to miss out you know it's like if you buy a cd and you put it on and the music is really horrible you want to get another CD, but you want a really different one, right? Um, but then if you get a CD that you really, really love and you want everyone else to hear it, you go and buy more of the same and give it to your friends. So Jesus is using that word, I'm going to give you another helper that's just like me, a copy of who I am. So that's what he says. Go with me now to um, John 15. It's just over the page.
and verse 26. But I will send you an advocate or a helper, the spirit of truth. He will come to you from the Father and will testify all about me. So the Holy Spirit testifies and says who Jesus is. And you must also testify... And you must also testify about me because you have been with me from the beginning of my ministry. So he testify and identify who Jesus is. And it says convicting of sin. Convicting of sin means that I'm not using separate words, sins. I'm using one word because he's not telling us, oh, you shouldn't lie, you shouldn't do this. I want to convict you that you need a saviour. So that's the first job of the Holy Spirit, to come alongside and let people know that they're not going to make it. And as you know, when Jesus preached the, the Sermon on the Mount, he lifted the bar, be perfect, like I am perfect and my Father in Heaven is perfect. And when he talked about sins, if you um, even look at somebody, it's, it's, you may as well look at them in lust, it's the same as doing it in your head. So he lifted the bar up to show people more and more that it wasn't about the individual sins, it was that attitude of sin and he lifted the bar to perfection. So the Holy Spirit says the only way you're going to get out of this is because you need a saviour. So the second job of the Holy Spirit is when we accept Jesus to come inside. So, fill you up. And he says that he's going to be with us forever. He does something interesting when he comes inside. Who has learned that fabulous song called The Fruit of the Spirit? Yeah. So the fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. The fruit of the Spirit's not a coconut. And it goes on, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You do all know it, don't you? You must, you know it, good on you. All right, let's, let's just turn to Galatians 5. Can you pop over there with me? Galatians 5. So Galatians 5 and 16. So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you, you won't be doing what your sinful nature says to do. So come down to 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. So I did a funeral once, and um, it was an older guy that was a friend of my mum and dad and he'd moved up to Bensdale. I originally came, Bensdale was my home church. Anybody been up there? It's a beautiful place in the world. Um, but this guy moved up there to retire and he's a friend of my, my parents. And I got called back to do his funeral and um, he became a Christian when he was up there. And one of his sons came up to me afterwards and he said, you know what? He was an old buzzer before he became a Christian. And I was a bit shocked as a son saying that about his father. But he could see this huge difference between the man that he was without the Holy Spirit coming in and all of us, when we say yes to Jesus, are baptised by the Holy Spirit and he comes and dwells within. 
and he stays there. It's a permanency. And the fruits of the Spirit help us become more and more like Jesus because if we want to evidence the fact that we even are Christians, we need to exude these beautiful attributes, don't we? Because we want to, you know, what's that song? They'll know we're Christians by our love, by the way we treat others, by the way we act. Because if we see something different in someone, we say, I want some of that. I want that kind of life. I want to be different. I want to live a life that's going to show who Jesus is. So these beautiful attributes come out of us. And of course, when we read John 15 in the vine, the way we get this and stay connected with this is that beautiful abide in me and abide, abide in you. So this connectedness. You know, when we want to grow fruit, um, I've never seen fruit trees going, I want to grow fruit, I want to grow fruit. It's something that happens naturally just because they're attached to the vine. So when we attach ourselves to Jesus, the Holy Spirit flows through us, the fruit just naturally comes out of our lives. And imperceivably even to us sometimes, bit by bit, our character changes and we become more and more like him because of this infilling of the Holy Spirit. The last thing the Holy Spirit does, and we read about this in Acts 2, is that it just comes upon us. Oops, it'll dry, sorry. We might just take that one off there. Um, It comes upon us and there's this huge outflowing of blessings and incredible life. Who loves Acts 2? It's a beautiful piece of scripture, isn't it? When the Holy Spirit just pours out and people do supernatural things. So we get conviction, we get sanctification, and now we get supernatural activity. The same same presence. Remember I said, I'm going to send you the same as me. The same power that Jesus had on the planet is now given to us. And we see it in the gifts of the Spirit. Now, one of the things that probably has upset me more than anything else um, in many churches is the invention of the nominating committee. You might not have one here. So I'm not going to... Who's heard of a nominating committee? You have. Okay. So in the nominating committee, for those of you who haven't heard of one, we have a list, usually... um, traditionally put out by the church of offices that we need to fill um, in our church and then what we do is we get about and we have a look at all the people in our church and we try with all our might to get people to fit into those roles no matter what whether they want to or not we hoodwink them we bribe them we do all sorts of things to get them into those roles because we have to have them all full have you seen that happen okay So I think that was probably a mistake. And here's why. Don't kick me out of the church yet. I think it was a mistake because I saw this happen because I teach Diploma of Ministry and one of the activities that they do, the students have to have a look at the church and then they have to get down on their knees and spend time with God and ask him where they can see to give them a view of a whole where there's something not happening that could happen. And then one of the great privileges that Darren and I have is we sit this student down and they say to us, my practical ministry, I want to do this or that. So we've had some very interesting ones. We had one of them start up a um, a little 
like a class time and modelling how to do family worship. So she would invite 12 families to her home and teach them how to do creative family worship um, for that time every week. So I thought that was a really great one. Another another lady said, I think the aged people, they don't get to do communion. You know, the, the shut-ins, sometimes the pastors don't get out there all the time when we have communion. We might get out there once or twice a year. So um, she said, I'd love to take communion and go and visit shut-ins. So that was really great. And these are ministries that we don't have to do. Um, ministers can't get around everything. I know it's a big shock to the system. Um, Jinha, do you get around all the jobs you want to do? You do. She's very good. She's good. Keep her. Um, I don't. I don't. I, when I get up in the morning, I have a, a big diary. I, I have electronic diary, but I, I like my writing one. And I write down all the things I want to do for the day. And when I'm finished the day and when I'm about to flop into bed, I've probably done half of them. Is anybody else with me on that? So you'd know that when God calls you to do stuff, not always do you get this list done. And I, I want to go and visit people. But then, you know, all it takes is for something happen in the church where you've got to go and visit somebody. You might have a death. You might have somebody in hospital. It throws all your plans out. So what we need as pastors is a whole bunch of people by the power of the Holy Spirit, seeing where there's holes, eyeing them off and changing them. You know, every time you say yes to Jesus and you get filled by the Holy Spirit, you get gifts to serve. It's part of it. And sometimes we stop. We get people you know, into the church and becoming um, members and hanging out and having a lovely time on a Sabbath afternoon or, or we just you know, get church happening. And then we stop with the next bit. It doesn't stop there. And I have to tell you, remember I said, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit because he's come, become my best friend. Because in fear and danger and pestilence, he's always there. If you haven't had time to completely finish your sermon, he steps in and you guys would never know. Because he steps in and all the weaknesses and all the failures that I have in my life, he fills in the gaps. Sometimes when I'm counselling someone, I don't have an answer. Gosh, some things shock me. The Holy Spirit empowers me to keep this lovely, gentle look on my face while somebody's telling me a terrible story. And then nod lovingly when I want to run. Um, and the Holy Spirit does that. I can't do that myself. Sometimes the Holy Spirit just gives you information that you did not study for yourself. And I don't know if you've ever put yourselves in that situation. Sometimes he just does stuff that you don't expect. And if you're not out there using those gifts that you've been given, you're not going to see this great stuff. And once you see it, you can't get enough of it. I'm not talking about sensationalism and having all kinds of crazy things happening. I'm talking about just day-to-day -day life where mysterious things happen, that the only answer is that the Holy Spirit is stepping in that gap for you. And if you don't step out in faith and enact the giftedness that God puts in you to serve the church, you're not going to see it. I'd hate you to miss it. I'd hate you to miss it. It's the best. It's the best. So let's just have a look in 1 Corinthians at some of these gifts. And I know, look... Many of us kind of shudder at some of them. Yes, I go, Ooh, I don't know if I should be doing that one. 
I've got to ask you a question though. If you're given a gift, are you ever tempted to hand it back? You are. Okay. That's fair. Some of them are a bit scary, aren't they? But if God gives you the gift, now God gives good gifts, doesn't he? You know, you're holding hands. You like each other. God gave you a good gift. You know? Children, you're holding children. God gives good gifts. You know? Even even fathers that don't have God in their lives give good gifts to their children. Just imagine what our Father in Heaven wants to give us. He gives us good gifts and the gifts are that we get to open them and do something amazing with them. Let's have a look at some of them. Spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now dear brothers and sisters, regarding your question about the special abilities the Spirit gives us. I don't want you to misunderstand this. You know that when you were still pagans, you were led astray and swept along in worshipping speechless idols or dumb idols. I like that version better. So I want you to know that no one speaking by the Spirit of God will curse Jesus and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Now just stop there for a minute. Sometimes we get a little bit nervous about some of the gifts and it's probably because we have... um, some some churches that use them kind of as a bit of a manipulation. If you can't do this, then you can't be that. You know what I mean? You've probably heard some of those things before. Um, you know, if you if you don't do that, then you're not really um, anointed by the Holy Spirit, or or you haven't had the Holy Spirit come upon you. So we've had abuse, and then we've seen people go a bit silly, sensationalist, not sensationalist, sensationalist, where they have to have you know, the waving and they have to feel something before they believe the Holy Spirit has acted within their life. So we've got some things to be a little bit dubious about. But it says there that we can't even proclaim Jesus as Lord except if we're motivated by the Holy Spirit. So if we are honestly praying and saying, God, give me the gifts to serve in the church as you see fit, um, if we're honestly doing that, I don't think we will be deceived if our heart is honestly seeking with all our heart and mind. And I don't know about you, but if God gives me a gift, I'm not going to hand it back because I think I don't really want that one because I really want to do everything that he asks me to do. So it just says that it's kind of protecting us that if we honestly go with a full heart and in prayer, to seek him for the Holy Spirit's gifts over our lives and our ministry to serve others, then we won't be deceived. And it says, a spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. Look around this room. This is a beautiful little community that you started together. You're on a journey together. So the Holy Spirit looks at you. I'm in all of you. You've accepted Jesus as your saver. I'm I'm dwelling in all of you. And now I'm going to pour it all over you. So is it not only are you going to be um, 
manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, but now you're going to be manifesting stuff that supernaturally helps those around you to build this community so it's special and unique for God. It takes a lot. This world is full of rubbish. All you have to do is look at the newspaper or, or listen to the news or anything. The world is not a great place. But the community that God puts on this planet to be the answer to the problems is beautiful. We have people with beautiful fruits that exude peace and love and joy. Not only that, we have a supernatural ability to do things in spaces where normally they could not happen. And then it goes on to list some of the gifts. And I don't want to do that today. And I'll tell you why I don't want to do it. <laughs> because we get all a bit funny about them. I need you to read them for yourself in First Corinthians and in Ephesians. Read those gifts. Some of them are ministry gifts. And I don't think in this day and age they're exhaustive. I think there's more. Because God puts stuff in your life that you can do within a church. I just want to fill in a couple of little gaps there. Spiritual gifts are not talents. All of us are born with natural talents and natural abilities. Spiritual gifts are gifts. Now, I've seen them function in a couple of ways. In little churches where you don't have enough people to fill places, I've seen the Holy Spirit gift people supernaturally to do stuff that they've never done before. Have you ever seen that happen? Yep. I've been given the gift of being able to stand up in front of you without fainting. And I think that's a pretty good one. God is good. God is good. And then sometimes people will say, God, you can have this talent of mine that you gave me naturally and I want to enhance it so that I can use it as a spiritual gift. I want you to put muscle on it to make it even better and anoint it. Like, I bet you've heard somebody sing a beautiful song and they've got a perfect voice. And you go, that is really nice. And then you might hear somebody with a bit of a wobbly voice a bit in their voice, but the emotion and the anointing of the Holy Spirit will change that song to hit you smack in the heart. Have you ever had that happen? Yeah, it's not perfect. But when the Holy Spirit comes along beside it and brings it, home it really changes stuff yeah so you can take your natural talent and say god i want you to take that and i want you to do whatever you want with it i want to try and encourage you not to be afraid to stand up the reason why we're given the fruits with the infilling is for the reason why chapter 13 of first corinthians follows the listing of some of the gifts. Some people who are gifted and talented get a bit puffed up about it. Some people are envious of others' gifts. I want to be the one that everybody listens to. I want to be the musician. I want to be this. But their intentions are not right because it's not about you. It's all about the body. Paul does a beautiful job of saying we're all different parts of the body. We're ears and eyes and elbows and all. You can't aspire to be something else. If you're the foot and you say, I'm going to be a really, really good foot, and if I do it really well, will you let me be a knee? It's not going to work, is it? He says, 
let God give you the gifts that fill in the, the composite of the body to make it full and supernatural and capable. So the reason why he puts the love chapter, you all know what the love chapter is, don't you? Yes, chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians is the love chapter stuck smack in the middle of all the activities at church and the spiritual gifted stuff. The reason why it's there is because unless we act out of love for each other rather than out of ego, whatever we don't turn into praise can turn into pride and gifts can have that effect too. So we need to take this, this supernatural power. Could you imagine if God just said, here, have my supernatural power and do whatever you want with it? Whoa, we would get some messes, wouldn't we, out there? with people being selfish. But he doesn't. He says, I want you to be humble. I want you to have all the attributes of the fruit of the Spirit and then the gifts of the Spirit. And I want you to do it, not out of ego, but out of love. And that's why that's there. And then he goes on to the two top ones of prophecy in tongues. And he goes, I want you to be able to be prophetic because your heart is of love for your people that the love for the body of Christ is far bigger than any other love you have. So my message today is if you have ignored the message of the Holy Spirit in any way, shape or form, if you have let it kind of slip, if you have not been activated into that outpouring where you can't wait to do something to serve the body of Christ. If you haven't seen the Holy Spirit do something supernatural in your own personal life, you're missing this beautiful thing that God has for you. And I don't want you to do that anymore. Is that okay? So if you will bow your heads with me, and if, if this is you, if this is you that says, you know what, God, I really want to accept the gifts that you have. And I'm going to do it in humility and in love for the church to serve my, my fellow sisters and brothers in the church and the community. I want to be out there showing the community that I care. If that's you, I want to pray for you that you can say, Holy Spirit, come upon me. Flood me. Let me in humility accept whatever gifts you will give that I can be a blessing in the place that you are planted. Is that okay? Let's pray. Jesus, your name is power. Your blood was shed on the cross that we would have so much more. That we could come with boldness and ask for these things. You promised us a comforter. You promised us the helper that was going to come alongside and make your churches supernatural in their activity. Peter stood up and preached and 3,000 people came to you at Pentecost. And um, I've known a lot of great preachers, but not many of them had that happen. Totally the Holy Spirit. As a church, we're ready. We're ready to see what you have planned for all of us. We're ready to see the supernatural. We're ready to see change. So could you please fall on the hearts ready and let them feel your supernatural movement over them. 
bless them incredibly so that they might serve the body of Christ in such a way that miraculous things happen to herald in your soon coming. We love you so, so much. So excited to see what you have in store for all of us. So excited to accept the gifts that you give, Lord. So Holy Spirit, be present in this place. Be present and fill each one so much so that there's a flooding, there's an overflow, there's an outpouring of abilities and excitement in the service of the body of Christ. And I pray these things in your precious name, Lord Jesus. Amen.